0: welcome to the vault podcast classic music reviews presented by iv creative now here's your hosts b cox and the crew greetings and welcome ladies and gentlemen to another edition of the vault podcast classic music reviews presented by iv creative it's a perspective on the classics from a fresh point of view we appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective you could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and with me, I have the crew joining me through the interwebs comprised of these fine gentlemen here. With me, of course, I got my boy, Cousin Damo, a.k.a. Dominique March. He is the host of the Raw Sex Podcast that comes on every single week in podcast land. You can check that out usually every Thursday or Friday, depending on the week. Also coming up on its one-year anniversary, as Devault is also celebrating its one-year anniversary as of this week. This week, fellas, it's been 12 months and we made it. <laughs> well, we
1: made
0: it. Yeah, things are going well, and our first-year anniversary, Raw Sex is celebrating theirs in the coming week afterwards. So, again, make sure y'all checking out Raw Sex podcast anywhere where you can get podcasts out there talking everything from relationships, sex, love, and everything else in between, guaranteeing that you'll like it. And also, we have my boy J.O. here in the place to be as we go ahead and talk about, as we always do, classic albums. And as always, gentlemen, we take you back in time. And our motto here at The Vault Classic Music Reviews is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics or NBTC. So, fellas, we have another one. And yes, we're going right back again to 1995, to that summer of 1995. And bringing you none other than the debut album by the First Lady of Bad Boy. Faith Evans in her debut album titled Faith. Released August 29th, 1995. Recorded between November 94 and June 1995. Runtime of 62 minutes and 10 seconds on Bad Boy Arista Records. Producers on this, the executive producer, of course, Sean Puff Daddy, a.k.a. Diddy Combs. Prince Charles Alexander was a producer as well. Mark Ledford, Herb Middleton, John Claude Oliver, Timothy Riley, and of course, Chucky Thompson, the latter known gentleman known as the hitmen for Bad Boy, who were Puffy's group of producers who produced every project in those early days of Bad Boy and crafted such so many hits and a lot of them that were on this album. Some of the writing, as you can see here on the credits, the majority of the songs were written by Faith herself. Now, to go back and talk a little bit about her background, as everybody knows and folks know Faith's story, she grew up in the church, grew up in New Jersey, also wrote a lot herself. Um, She has written for herself and other artists throughout her career. Majority of the tracks were written by her. Some of the tracks by Chucky Thompson and then also other writers included Mary J. Blige, Gordon Chambers. Lloyd Howard, and then of course because he's Diddy, Diddy has writing credits on here as well. So, and he did produce one of the tracks on here as well, which we'll get into a little bit later. But Faith got her start mostly as a backup vocalist. She uh, did backup vocals on Mary J. Blige and wrote for Mary J. Blige's "My Life," one of the best R and B records of not just the '90s, but I would say within the last 20 to 30 years. Also did writing and backup vocals for Usher's self-titled debut album in 1994 and was signed to Bad Boy in 94 and began work on her debut album. Now, of course, other than being our singer and songwriter, what Faith also was known for is being the wife and then later the widow of the late Notorious B.I.G., a.k.a. Biggie. And they were together, uh, were married for about a few years and then parted away, separated, have a child together. And they were married at the time that Biggie actually passed away when he was gunned down in March of 1997. This was really the beginning of her career. She was the first solo artist on Bad Boy. And she was the one of two R&B acts at that particular time, which also included Total and then later would include 112. So this is really why we talk about the golden age of Bad Boy. This really was the golden age of Bad Boy when they were one of the, I would say, two or three biggest labels in the industry at that particular time. And she was the first female solo artist. Now, a lot of what was done with this album, to me, fellas, I think really came from Diddy's work and early R&B work when he was in Uptown Records. Diddy was the one who produced Jodeci's debut album, Forever My Lady. And then also he was the architect and producer of Mary J. Blige's Was the 411 as well, and also did work on Mary J's My Life. So really, he was sort of taking the same sort of formula that you had with Mary J and with Jodeci, but had a little bit of a different, unique talent with Faith, especially when it came to her vocals. And there were a lot of comparisons, especially back then between Mary and Faith in regards to what they meant in the space of R&B as it existed in that time in the mid-90s. Because you guys know when we were in that part of the 90s, that's really when R&B and hip-hop started to come together, mainly because of Diddy's work and influence and those works were Uptown in his early days. But then also moving into the mid-90s, you saw that marriage start to get melded a lot more. So this is Faith's debut album. It came out again, 1995, August 29th. So it was 25 years later. And since then, Faith has carved out a career for herself, not just on the merits of being on Bad Boy, but then also and also notoriety because of her marriage to Biggie, but because of her work and her writing. And she still managed to keep a career going even after all these years. So this is pretty much where it all started. So we're we're gonna get into the album and just sort of talk about going back to 25 years later and thinking about when the first time that I remember that I knew about Faith, even though I knew there was backup vocals on My Life and then also on Usher's album, and she wrote for Al B. Shore and a few other people, the first time that I really saw Faith was during that One More Chance remix because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's really that, the one was the song, but then also the video that everybody remembered. And I think that's when everyone started to put the, you know, the things together between her and Biggie. I mean, back then we had just got our news through bt vh1 in the magazines we didn't really even know they i didn't know they were married until i would think right around the time that song came out you know so uh, that's really our first time that we saw her and then the albums and the the singles started to drop and that's really when we started to get a view of who she was so we'll get into now the album and i'll start with you guys as far as your reactions to this album this has come out uh 15 tracks again 62 minutes of track time as well so I'll go ahead and I'll actually start with Damo about your reaction to the album. I know R&B is your lane. Um, <laughs> we talk about this a lot on the show. And I know that you're a critic of R&B because you've been into the genre ever since we were young. So I'll go ahead and start with you and just basically what your reactions were when you first heard the album. And then listening to it this week, what kind of things you remember about it and what you think about it now.
1: Oh, the first album, of course. 95, tw- I'm 12, so, you know, Tasker days. <laughs> whoop, Benjamin <there's> Tasker. <laughs> so, mainly my R&D comes from my older cousins. That's all they sang and everything. So, R&D was mainly in the car or over the house. That's, that's the reason why I got to R&D so heavy. But I remember them grabbing this album and playing it. And really, the only back then, the only Jones that stood out was whatever joke that was on the radio mm-hmm. that they had. That she, that she had. And even going back listening to it, I don't know who belongs in the vote. Really? I don't even think it gets the hashtag. Wow. <laughs> I, listen, hmm. I listen to the whole thing. You know, he got maybe two classic hits on it. Mm-hmm. But other than that, the album is, if I had four thumbs, i would give you four thumbs down. Wow, <laughs> damn. Mm. <laughs> the Milk's Gone bad. Wow. And I don't even know if I remember hearing it being that bad back then. And you know what? It's not even an album that came to my mind. I said, oh, let me go back and listen to that Faith job. Not this one. I think her second one might be better than this one. Mm. But I can I remember going back, going to listen to the second one more than I went back to go listen to this one. Mm. But this one, mm-hmm. besides those two tracks, those two cuts, mm. that's it. Wow, the vocals. Uh, she sounds better as she's got older. Back then, like okay, I still love you faith <laughs> <laughs>
0: An Honest Assessment by Damo. Okay, well, we're off to a ripping and roaring start today on the Vault Classic Music Reviews. Well, damn. Okay, well. (laughs) All right, Jay, so what say you, man? What do you remember, you know, as far as back then? I mean, during this time, you know, we were really starting to see a lot of R&B acts come out, and it was a nice balance between groups and solo artists, but she was with one of the biggest labels at that time. So what do you really remember back then of listening, what things you heard from this album back then 25 years ago what you what has endured since then for you and what you thought about it listening to it leading up to this week
2: yeah yeah. So i don't really know if i can follow with don behind that assessment but i'll go ahead and you know what i'm saying of course i had my two cents and so so i had just turned 14 I mean, i do remember the joint you know what i'm saying you used to love me like getting plenty of play and like how to remix his words which i, which I thought would dope um I do remember, like, you know what I'm saying, Faith, like, you know, I'm definitely getting played on the radio, like, girls, like, you know, going around singing the songs, and then the joint that, like, really stuck out for me was, and this is, like, one of my favorite R&B joints, um, Love Don't Live Here No More, like, so for her and Mary J to do that that remake of it, I just thought it was fire, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, I mean, I, I can't really give it an assessment like Damo did as far as, like, you know, the vocals, but I just thought it was dope in that sense, you know, going back and listening to it, because um, it was funny, I saw like a, um, I think it was like a VH1 behind the music or one of those joints where like, you know, they pretty much just wrote Faith always being like a Mary J. Blige ripoff. I was like, damn, I, I never even put that correlation together back then. You know, I don't I don't really recall that comparison at that time. So, especially like, you know, after they made the remake for Love Don't Live Here No More, back then, I thought it was cool. You know, I wasn't a big R&B hit. I wasn't rushing out to buy Faith's album. But I mean, like listening to it now, I mean... I guess, like, that's kind of funny, like, you no, know, like, you know, I'm looking at it from, like, a, from a, a producer standpoint as far as, they like beat making, so I can really appreciate the samples of were here mm. along with her vocals as far mm-hmm. as, the, like, the all-together project being put together whereas Dom, you know, he's more critical and, like, you know, all that as far as the vocals which he can obviously speak to more than me, but man, I thought it was straight, I ain't gonna say it was, like, a I'm not going to say she was outshining Mary J. Blige that time, or, or really any time, but I, mean, I thought it was straight, you know what I mean, as far as like that time period and thinking about that whole era when, like you know, Bad Boy was doing their thing, and like you were saying, Brian, like, you know, the whole thing, her being married to Biggie, like, I thought she brought a talent to the table. She wasn't just like some chick that Biggie met and just said, like, hey, make her make an album and we could probably sell off of me, and she brought talent to the table, but, yeah, I mean, I thought she was cool, but like, you know, I ain't going to say not nothing special, but it wasn't extraordinary. I put it like that.
0: Yeah. Not like Charlie Baltimore. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right.
2: Which for those
0: of us who remember back then, you know, (laughs) Biggie, Biggie had a a triumvirate of, of women that he was messing Mm -hmm. with at that time. There was Lil' Kim, there was Faith, who was his wife, and then, of course, there was Charlie Baltimore, who was the third part of the triangle. So, <laughs> Faith, yeah, triangle offense, yeah, like triangle Lil offense exactly right. Now, <laughs> now Faith and Lil' Kim definitely have things to speak up to their talent. Charlie Baltimore, not so much, you know? So, <laughs> for me, I think I look at this a little bit differently than, than you, Jay, and then definitely you, Damo. Now, I will say this. I think the production on here is great, and I think the writing on here. Is pretty great as well, considering the fact that when you have somebody that writes their own music. I remember watching one of these shows, I don't remember whether it was one of those biopics or something, when they talk about some, somebody was saying, like, you know, when you write, it's a little bit of a different process, you know? And so when you write the words that you're singing, because a lot of singers don't write their own music, when you write the words that you're singing, you know how to be able to best convey the vocals and also cont- convey the emotions. The biggest thing that I think my takeaway from this album is the range of the different emotions that sort of go through on this album, like the amount, the different ones, everything from sadness to despair, to, um, to love, to sexuality, a lot of different things on here as well. 15 tracks, um, majority of them written by her producer, the majority of them produced by Chucky Thompson, uh, Sean, D- of course, Diddy Combs has a lot of producing credits on here as well. I'll agree with you, Jay, that the samples on here were interesting, especially the one that was done for the track number two, which was No Other Love, which was another song that sampled Walk On By by Isaac Hayes. You know, particularly enough, her husband did a song on his debut album that also sampled this track called Warning. (laughs) (laughs) But that's one of the most uh, popularly sampled tracks in hip hop and especially in popular music. The Fallen In Love is, of course, a sample of Patrice Rushen, which was remind me by Patrice Russian and then give it to me samples in the mood performed by Tyrone Davis. So it was really interesting and intricately put together. Now I will sort of agree with Damo in this respect, the songs and the singles on here are things that I think everybody sort of remembers. And those singles, of course, are you used to love me. Soon as I get home and ain't nobody are the three same samples, the singles that came out from this album. There are a few deep album cuts on here that, I like as well and I remember them because like I said I grew up in a house full of sisters so I heard a lot of R&B music through that avenue of my sisters picking up a lot of R&B albums so I will remember some deep album cuts we'll get into later but definitely a song like Come Over i remember and uh, a song like The Reason like Reasons and of course Love Don't Live Here Anymore which was a remake that was done with her and Mary J. Blige. I can kind of see how people will say that she was sort of a Mary J ripoff. But to me, I think as much as people think that they're the same, they're really two different type of vocalists. And I think you could sort of speak about that when you say that, Domo. Like, as far as their vocal capabilities, they're two really great singers. But when we talk about they both grew up in church, like they had that church background. That's where a lot of singers get their start singing in church. To me, they're like the two different type of standout singers on the church choir with two really distinct... Styles, you know, so yeah, you were going to say something. I think
1: it was. I think. I think it was a I think, I, I think it was the look as well. I think. Yeah. it might have been Diddy for that He might have tried to make her look a little bit like Mary J You know what I'm saying? Because you with know, the hairstyle. Yeah, well, that
0: and was the 90s the
1: hairstyles, and yeah, yeah, you have the hairstyles and the songs. But when you at the same time and y'all singing almost like the same thing, but one is better than you, mm-hmm. then they're going to see you as the biter. <laughs> True. You the rip-off yeah. version. Like, you ain't giving us the same hit in music that she's giving you, so, you the rip-off. So, well, I get for what they're saying, but, you know, they're definitely different vocalists. Yeah. And, I think more, or more and then, I don't think it helped for any of being the alleged jump-off between the beef.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I,
1: confirmed, I, I, allegedly, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you i know, think she's that, in the middle of the beef yeah she so I was That might have hurt
0: her something too yeah yeah now she was in the middle i mean really this beef was mainly between faith and little kim for obvious reasons but you know mary and kim are girls they mary and kim are more like each other than than faith wasn't like each other so if they were all friends right and you're hanging out in high school Mary and Kim are gonna be more like friends with each other because they are more like each other. I mean they both come from similar backgrounds, they both hood, you know. Oh no,
1: that wasn't that wasn't a beef I was talking about.
0: Oh, okay. So what beef was you were you talking about?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Well she was in the middle of that one too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: she was in the middle she was in the
2: middle of, the middle of that, that one too yeah, yeah. um yeah so <laughs> yeah big big had quite a bit going on
0: during that time in the way of beefs he did man um but so i'll ask you this damo so you you think mary's a better vocalist than faith overall i'm not talking about quality of music i'm talking about vocalists vocals you think mary's a better vocalist than faith no okay but you He's think not, Mar- but you think but, Mar- think but you that think that mary puts mary, out better music mary,
1: put out better music,
0: yeah. I agree with that. I I can agree with that. Okay. So, cool. No, I definitely get that. And I think, well, style and fashion-wise, I think they were a little bit different. I think Mary, when she first started, she was in a lot of that, you know, baggy clothes and jerseys, and, Mm -hmm. you know, that was part of the appeal of why people liked Mary so much. I think when they had Faith come out, did he try to, I guess, maybe glamor up a little bit? You know what I'm saying? And so I think yeah. that's the same thing he did with Mary later on in her career, is that when you saw my life, he glammed her up a little bit. It wasn't, you know, the jerseys and the, you know, the the girl around the way look. She had grown up a little bit. And not only that, the sound had matured a lot from the first, Mary's first album to her second album. So, yeah, so that's really what I thought about it. So I would have and to. Their
1: styles are different. Yeah. You know, Mary's more, the girls love Mary because she wants to sing about the heartbreak. Yeah, all her yeah. albums that fire is heartbreaking songs <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> whenever she tried to bump it up and talk about love motherfuckers wasn't having that like oh that album was trash what yeah, right. they want to hear it talk about her getting her heart broken yeah. you know she I don't live here anymore Whatever, but she, she's all the way around the R&D circle like she's giving you love she's giving you little as soon as I get home that's my joke right there
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. but yeah and it's funny, like Don, you said, like, you know, as far as women being fans of Mary J because of the heartbreak thing, because I was thinking, like, you know, when the, the news came out, you know I'm saying she was leaving her husband. Like, first thing, even my wife was like, she was like, man, that next album will be fire. Like, you know what i going to be fired. Don't we all know it? Because because we all know what
0: was the catalyst behind my life and not to get too much into Mary. But at this point, her and KC, we're not together anymore. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of those songs in that album were about KC and about her time with KC. Yeah. They had a tumultuous <laughs> relationship, the two of them, you know, so. But nah I definitely understand that. So we're actually going to get now into the album and talk about some of the tracks on there. So I'll uh, I'll start with you, Jay. some of the highlights on here. Any lowlights, things that you didn't like and just overall just sort of what you thought about the tracks.
2: Um, I mean, the highlights, I mean, no, like the singles. I mean, you used to love me, which was a banger. As soon as I get home, that was just, just smooth as hell. I even remember, like, you know, like, Slow jams on PGC and all that playing the stream back in 95. Like, you know, you know, I wasn't before a team. I was like, yeah, this the stream just sounds smooth. It, it rides or whatever. But then, like I said, long singles ain't nobody. But then, I don't know if you guys remember, but they did play Love Don't Live Here No More. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and I was just impressed with, like, Mary and Faith, what they did with it, especially when they started like that middle part where they started harmonizing their vocals for that beat change, not, not the beat change, but when they, like the sound effect that boom, 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 that part, mm-hmm. like you know what I'm talking about when they yeah, on the record, like I just like how they harmonize their vocals, it just really sized it for me. But then apart from the singles, I mean, No Other Love and Falling in Love, I mean, obviously for the samples and even listening to it now, I was like, wow, so like Biggie put out Warning in 94, this came out in 95, like so they pretty much. Took the same sample, flipped it for two joints, like, and I thought both of them came out good. And then, like, the Fall in Love, that Patrice Russian sample, I thought that was a nice way to flip that beat, too. But then Come Over, I'm trying to think as far as, like, low lights. Yeah, I guess, like, for me, like, I didn't I didn't really listen to Reasons all that much. Mm-hmm. Everything else, I ain't going to say, like, low lights, but, I mean, it's, like, maybe below a banger, but just above a filler, you mm-hmm. know, if that makes any sense. No, it makes perfect sense. It does. Yeah, so like I, I put the rest in like in that category, but it's I mean as far as like other joints, but like going back and listening to like especially no other love, because I love that walk on by sample. Like mm, yeah. right now, I don't know if you remember that meme. I don't know if you saw that meme I put on my joint, like you know, when you watch this up, you hear the samples like oh snap, that's what they used yeah. it for. That's how I felt when I heard this joint.
0: <laughs> right,
2: exactly. The one from uh from Wolf
0: of Wall Street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I know that. I know that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Nah cause like it was funny Cause like I'm going off of that Like um, when I was watching It was a while ago When I was watching Cooley High This was like around 99, 2000 And it was in I might have mentioned something On the meme But like it was a part was in the theater And they was watching Godzilla mm-hmm. And you heard it Da 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 I'm like oh shit That's where they got The yeah. Simon Says Feral <laughs> yeah. monster from Like <laughs> Right <laughs> True shit True shit
0: Yeah <laughs> Indeed. Now, I hear you, man. It's crazy when you hear those samples in real life. You're like, oh, shit. That's where they got that from. Especially before the days when you really looked up who sampled it and you're like, ah, yeah, bet. I hear that now. Right. Cool. So, Damo, I know you don't have many, but let's just speak about your highlights <laughs> and your lowlights. I mean, the highlights, of
1: course, you know, everything that was just about on the radio. Four or five highlights on there, you know. But I don't live Come over. Somewhat. I don't know if it was her. Maybe we can blame it on producing. Because hmm. it's just like, and we, and we haven't done the next uh, the, the next episode, you could produce an album right to make the album better. Hmm. Her, they didn't, I don't think they gave her the songs that she needed to make this uh, album that should have been in the vault. Hmm. I think they did better on the second album Maybe they were trying to figure it out, you know what I'm saying? Because she's a writer. She's writing for everybody, writing songs for everybody, giving other people hits or whatever. And then sometimes it happens when it's time for you to get your own hits and your own smash album, you can't do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, you know, you done gave everybody else the hits, and now you don't got nothing left for yourself. So we really don't know what was picked off for her. Like Jay just said, you know, it sounded like a whole lot of fillers. So you don't know what Jones was snapped from her giving to somebody else. And they got the smash,
0: and now she's sitting with some bullshit.
1: Yeah, hmm. only nah. she only she knows. You know
0: what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I think that with here and there were notes here when I'm looking here at thus far the the page of the album where they were saying you know she signed with Bad Boy and she was a protege of Albie Shores and she wanted Chucky Thompson to produce this album after hearing him play the piano in the studio. Now, the song actually you used to love me was supposed to have been for total, (laughs) you know, (laughs) which is crazy thinking about that now. Right. Because how could you picture anybody else but Faith singing that song? (laughs) It was supposed to be for total. But she wrote to the track after hearing the music. And then that was the first song they finished for the album. Now, soon as I get home, wasn't even supposed to be on there. But, you know, Chucky Thompson started doing it because he had a flight to catch later on that day and he was about to leave. He got a call from Diddy saying, yo, you got to record this record with Faith. Like as soon as you is like, really? So then afterwards, they said that the song that she wrote and they recorded it. And he said that the song was finished and he didn't even add anything else to it. So sometimes things sort of work that way. And I think sort of to speak to your point, Damo, the hitman on Bad Boy, you know, all the producers that were on there, Nashi Myrick, Chucky Thompson, uh, D-Dot, all those producers that were on that were Chuck Puffy's Hitman, they were all primarily hip-hop producers. So when you have guys that normally make hip-hop beats, to make that transition from hip-hop to R&B and the, the multiple different styles of R&B are difficult. I do have to say that for some of the later R&B acts, they were probably better because a year after this, 112 came out and that one I think was excellently produced album. Uh, that 112 debut yep. album. So, and then as you saw later on, Total had, had an album. Total's album came out not too long after this. Also, you had uh, Faith have another album after this. 112 had other albums done after this. So I think they sort of learned the recipe. So to speak to that, I think that may have been what was sort of happening. I
1: remember the second album did, and, the, and the actually, actually, when you said we doing Faith's debut album, I actually went to the second album first. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, I was. Oh, second. This ain't the one. What the fuck am I? This the one? And then I turned the question. Oh, yeah. Damn, what the hell? I thought it was on this one. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. 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 All right. I hear you. Well, for me, the singles, of course, is great. You Used to Love Me. Everybody remembers, you know, the song. Not only that, but we associated songs with videos a lot back then. And that video was yeah. another one. Biggie was on that playing the radio DJ. Faith was on there. Soon As I Get Home was a great track. That's one of those, like, on the GTD date, it definitely. That's that's on there. <laughs> you know? Um, that's,
1: a, that's a classic song right there. Yeah.
0: And then Ain't Nobody yeah. was another one that was on there. I do think a lot of her good vocal work during the middle of that song, I think, comes during this particular song. You really get to see her flex. Uh, Love Don't Live Here Anymore, of course. Um, And that's, to me, a song I think that could have even been on my life and not necessarily on this album. I love Come Over. (laughs) That's another one on the GTD tape that needs to go on there as well. I mean, I think the whole vibe of the song sort of gets there. Now, Jay, I actually like Reasons. And I think that's, to me, I think that's one of the best, one of my favorite songs on the album. Let me say that. Uh, No Other Love, Taking That and Finding Another Way to Flip. Noah, uh, the Isaac Hayes sample for Walk On By, you know, "Fallen In Love was another one, taking that Patrice Russian sample. And also looking at the uh, other, a couple other songs, um, I did like All This Love. To me, the only thing that I didn't like is that there were interludes that were here that I think they could have replaced these with actual songs, you know? it was a, It's an album at 62 minutes, so it's just over an hour. It's not really that long. But I do think if they would have taken a, few, a couple of those interludes, and made them actual songs that could have strengthened the album itself as well. That's to me, I think is my low light here. Like you guys said, there are some songs on here that are sort of, like you said, not necessarily bangers, but just above filler. That's really the best way that I can, I can put that. And I think that the interludes are part of those group of songs that sort of, you talk about some that are sort of like in the gray, that's where the gray area is to me. And I think that, I don't know if they were they rushed the production of this album. It sounds like they did this in a fairly short period of time, considering back then you used to work on albums for a while. Not to say that it sounds rushed, but I do think that maybe those interludes, they could have maybe shortened those down to one instead of three and made two other songs and really strong songs to help support the album. So uh, those are really my highlights. Like I said, low lights per se, I don't really have any, but I do think that there are some things where some opportunities were missed. That's really the best way I think that I can um, I can explain it. So that's really where I stand out with the album. Um, I thought that the production was actually fine, but to you, you all's point, I do think that the Hitman and Bad Boy got better at producing R&B records the more that they matured as a record label because they started primarily as a hip-hop label that was spurred by hip-hop stars. <laughs> that's what they did. I think they got better at it as the time went along, and to say, I guess you could sort of say that Faith was sort of the guinea pig. Them in total were the guinea pig to the R&B game. When they got a little bit later into the 90s, it seems like they sort of perfected the whole crossover thing towards mixing R&B and hip hop together, where they could sort of make that marriage work. So that's where I stand at it with that. We've talked about it. Um, This album did pretty well, actually went, uh, uh, went platinum. In nineteen ninety-six, uh, there were three out singles that were released from this. Come over was actually a minor single that was done as well in nineteen ninety-six, but this was the first solo act for bad boy. And um this was really there for a once they started getting into the trouble times because while ninety-four and ninety-five were great years, ninety-six was not as a great year for bad boy. And uh they rebounded though in the later years and started to produce some hits out there, especially after Biggie's passing, which a lot of people thought would bring down the label, sort of like the way that Pox Death brought down Death Row. But they didn't. They were able to uh to persevere. So now we're in tier to talk about the <laughs> the test of time, uh, the ultimate test. Is it a certified classic, borderline classic? Classic in its time or not a classic at all? So we're gonna get the obvious part out of the way. <laughs> and Damo, I'm pretty. I would bet a hundred dollars that I know what your answer is gonna be. What's
1: that? What's that answer? What's the answer I'm looking for?
0: The answer that you're looking
1: for? <laughs> it's
0: not. It's not, a, it's not. I would say that your answer is not a classic at all. <laughs>
1: not a classic at all. Like I said. hmm In the beginning. They don't even deserve the hashtag. Hmm. Maybe a couple of songs deserve the hashtag, but the album, soft baby
0: shit. <laughs> this nigga said soft baby shit. <laughs> wow! Wow! Yo, your descriptions of stuff never cease to amaze me. This nigga said soft baby shit. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> And soft baby shit stinks. <laughs> yo, <laughs> well, that's the diaper you gotta wipe up, put in a plastic bag, <laughs> then in the just, trash man. bag, and then take it out and put man. it in the trash can <laughs> outside before man, the trash man, you, truck come. Damn, Dom. Oh, with nine month old. Even, so. you, hey, hey, yo,
1: hey, yo, you can't even pull the baby wipes for that time. You gotta just go ahead and take the whole baby in the tub. Like, <laughs> the fuck this. We go ahead and wash this ass. <laughs>
0: yo that's crazy yo.
1: I love you babe that's crazy
2: wow <laughs> Jay what say you man okay without the colorful Dom description that was just provided um, I'm gonna say not a classic mm. I mean had some drinks on there it was cool but like even with those things considered I wouldn't really see it as much replay value to it mm. now I'm not, again, I'm not gonna go as hard as saying it's like baby shit soft or whatever like that but um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I just can't, I just, I just couldn't put it up there it was like you know, dreams that came out back, like back in '95. I could think of that, were like that banged hard, like say D'Angelo or um, a total or somebody or something like that. I would, I wouldn't put this album in that conversation. So yeah, I'm say not a classic. Mm. I'm gonna say it was. If it's a classic, it's just
0: it was just a classic in that time period. I mean, I do think that. There were some missed opportunities here. I, there are some bright spots on here and there are songs that still endure now. 25 years later, the singles, some of the other songs that we talked about come over. Reasons for me, but I'm just going to say it was a classic just in his time. And I think it's a, it's a good album, but I don't think that it's exceptional considering the fact that some of the other quality of the albums, especially R&B albums that we, we've reviewed here on uh, The Vault. But I do think she had some talent. Uh, I think that bad boy eventually settled into R and B and they did, you know, they learned on projects that came out after this. So I think that the opportunities that they missed, they didn't miss on other albums afterwards. And it's a shame to me because I think vocally she's talented. I think when you talk about pure vocal talents, especially an artist who started in the nineties, I think that she's up there with a lot of her contemporaries when it comes to vocal talent. But I think there were some things that needed to come together for the label and also for her. But we see that sometimes. Sometimes artists go through periods where they developed and they mature and then eventually they're able to put out better music. This was a good album. I think that there was better on the horizons for her, particularly in the couple, in the album after this one. And then Bad Boy got their act together to me too. I think that there are album songs here that are going to endure long after this album is done with. Um, we talked about the singles, of course. But I think that there were some missed opportunities on this album. I think that there could have been a better job done with helping to really shore this up and, and make this like, if I'm going to say that if it's a, on a scale of a 10, I would probably give this about a, maybe a seven to seven and a half. That's really what I will put it at. But to me, I think the classic, you got to be starting at least eight and a half and nine or above. It's gotta be that to me. So I'm just going to say it was a classic in its time. And that's my verdict. So there we are. Faith's debut album, of course, now 25 years old here and 25 years later. And it's interesting now to see where her career has taken her in those 25 years. And um, to see where she sort of is now is a bit of an interesting space, because if you would have told me 25 years ago that she was going to be married to Stevie J. (laughs) Hmm. I'd have bet the house that that wasn't going to happen. But hey, here we are. (laughs) yeah so here we are so there we are just go ahead guys check it out for yourselves anywhere where you can find music go check out fate's debut album and listen to it and just give it a listen and let us know what you think about it of course on social media what you think and i know that we're probably going to be getting some hot takes on this um i know in particular one listener that i have is definitely going to (laughs) be surprised by some of the takes that we've had but you know that's the great thing about podcasting you have good conversations and that is going to wrap up yet another edition of the vault Please make sure you check us out on our new host, Red Circle. You can also download, stream, and subscribe to the Vault Classic Music Reviews on any one of our streaming sources. You can go to any one of our social media pages and find our link tree that has all of our social media streaming sources and also all of our social media pages. You can catch us on Instagram at VaultCMRPodcast, on Twitter at Vault Classic on Facebook and YouTube. You can search The Vault Classic Music Reviews and you can like our pages and subscribe to the YouTube page. We usually put up our episodes on YouTube for everyone to listen to a few days after the episode comes out in our streaming sources so that you can check it out and listen to hear for yourself. Make sure you're checking us out on social media. We love the interaction from everybody that we're getting from social media. Of course, we do it here all for you. We appreciate all the support and if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure you tell that friend to tell a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we'd like to remind everyone to dream big, because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate, because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace.
1: Thank you for listening and coming into
0: The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative
1: and Instagram at IVECRE8.